Welcome to the podcast of the preaching ministry of LifePoint Church, led by Pastor Lane Harrison. We pray this ministry is a blessing for your life. For more information about LifePoint, please visit lifepointozark.com. For more information and resources from Pastor Lane, please visit mlaneharrison.com. Well, take your Bibles this morning and open to the Gospel of John. As I said, we are going to spend some time this morning celebrating what God has done, and we're going to begin by looking at some of what he is doing in us. This week and next week as well are going to be weeks where we uh, glean and enjoy spiritual fruit from the last year. You know, we can be tempted to think that nothing good has happened in 2020, Nothing could be further from the truth for us as a church, and we want to share this with you. So let's go to our message for today, and I want to begin with a word of encouragement, a word of exhortation, a word of challenge for us. I want to talk to you today about the true light that has come and how it is that we must go. Recently, I finished reading a book entitled Disinformation disinformation. It was written by a lieutenant general of the Romanian intelligence service who is the highest ranking official from a communist country ever to defect to America. Still alive today. He tells the story of how in the mid-20th century the communist party And their propaganda strategy began to remake by their strategic communication and misinformation, if you will, to aim to rewrite history, to manipulate documents and records, to undermine governments and the the presence and the influence of churches, and also to reshape countries, both in uh, not only Russia, but the greater Soviet Union at the time. To say the least, the book will scare you to death without measure or conscience as they are imposing these things knowingly and eerily celebrating them in that. You say, well, what in the world are you talking about? Why would you start with that today? Well, two reasons. Number one, the lesser of the two reasons. In a season of great confusion, in a season of, we might say, conspiratorial deception, in a season of continuing schism in the church for a multiple of reasons, it can be very easy not to know who to listen to. It can be even more easy not to know who to trust. And it can be so incredibly easy to understand how people in numbers that probably have never been like this in my lifetime are losing hope and some of which will never find it again. And so we come to the question, what is this about? Does what we do every week and who we worship and what we study matter at all? And against the backdrop of that introduction, I say with a resounding yes, it absolutely matters. It is life-altering in every way. And so today, I want to remind us of the true light that has come from God. His name is Jesus Christ. And because he has come, we are commissioned to go in his name and to share the one who is that true light. I want to read for us from John chapter 1, verses 9 through 14 to begin today. 
the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. May God bless the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the obeying of his word today. Friends, I want us today to walk away with this grand truth that Jesus came into the world as the true light of God for salvation to all who believe. Therefore, we must go. Therefore, we must go. I want us to glean four simple truths from these verses of Scripture. And then I'm going to show you an application of these truths that God has brought to fruition among our body in this year's. Four simple truths for all to believe. First of all, look at verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Truth number one is simply this, that Jesus is the true light who has come into the world. When John begins his introduction, he mirrors the introduction of Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so the first things we do in his opening verses is we see the introduction of the divinity of Jesus. Jesus is God. That's what John is telling us. But when we come to verses 9 through 14, John tells us something that is so essential for us to hold by the truth of God's word. And it's this, Jesus is not only God, Jesus is man. He comes as a person in flesh and blood. And so here we see divinity piercing humanity by incarnation. He who was not human but divine became human to bring what was not of humanity but divine to humanity. And that is this, true light. True light. He is not only a light, friends. He is the source of all light. This is what John is teaching us. And all that light is to man, he is for man. Do you hear the full measure of what John is compounding word upon word into the person who is Jesus Christ? This is not just one characteristic of him, but it is every quality of light at all times, in every way, and to the fullest of all measures. Jesus, the divine one who is light, came to be life for all. And this is the introduction that John gives to us. Listen, friends, when you light a single light in every single light that you light in this Christmas season, when you light a candle and you celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ, do not only celebrate the coming, but celebrate it for the importance that it holds, the who that has come in his coming. God is with us, hence his name. Emmanuel. 
and the importance. And he who has come is, as John says, the light of life. He is the light of life that eyes may see in a way may be known, that minds might be informed and intellect convinced, that that hearts might be engulfed with deepest affections that are ablaze, that are stirred and stoked to His truth and His light, that the will would be commanded by the conviction that is anchored deeply, that comfort would be brought and security has been wrought, that darkness is gone, that heaviness removed, That anxiousness is calmed. The, as the prophet says, balm of Gilead has arrived for the wounded in spirit. The great physician for the mortality of our souls. He is peace for the weary. He is joy for the brokenhearted. He is love for the isolated and the alone. And where darkness resides, Jesus shines as light. And all that it represents in the fullness of it. And even in our hearing today, friends, his light shines for the life for any and all who will believe and receive. For Jesus is the true light that has come into the world. And such a simple truth that is life transforming in its impact. The second truth I want us to see is found in verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Here's the second truth. Jesus knew the world before he came, but the world did not know him. He knew the world before he came, but the world did not know him. John tells us that Jesus entered the world not uninformed of all that had or would or was transpiring, but rather with a perfect understanding of it. Listen to this in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, which gives us insight from Paul's exhortation of Jesus as to how it is that Jesus himself had a perfect understanding of the world to which he was coming. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. You see, Jesus knows the world by his continuing presence. He is before all things. And that is a reference not only to chronology, that he is eternal and not confined by time, but it is also a reference to priority. He is the first. He is before all things because he's always been present. Jesus knows the world perfectly because of his role in his in its existence. He is the origin and the sustainer of all that is. Paul teaches us that as John echoes here that he is the one by whom and through whom and for whom all things exist. There is nothing outside the scope of Jesus Christ and he knows the world. Listen. He knows the world has indifferently rejected him. Yet, 
That's a big word, isn't it? A complete turn. Yet he came anyway. He came anyway. And that's the reason we know that in the gospel, that even when we were hostile towards God and our sin, enemies of his, he still chose to come. That's what John's telling us here. The world purports a knowledge of God, but it is Jesus who perfectly understands all things. And that's what he's teaching us in verse 10 and our second truth. The third truth I want you to see this morning is that Jesus was rejected by his own people. But to all who believe in him, he gives life with God. Verses 11 through 13 teach us about how it is that Jesus was received when he came. And in fact, he wasn't received at all. It was a violation and a complete betrayal of intimacy in the highest form. He came home and found the lights were off. The doors had been barricaded and the inhabitants of the house hostile to his arrival. You see, I told you there was a reason I started the way I started the message this morning. Not just because of our contemporary circumstances that can often be understood, but because of the first century situation into which God chose to impact and to pierce humanity. In the first century, Jesus came into the world at a time of extreme chaos Unbelievable confusion. Why? Because the master propagander of all the machine was working overtime in the first century by the very accuser and deceiver himself, Satan, who was unleashing his armies in order to prevent and defend against the only one he knew to be God who would come into the world. Do you know who the most faithful people to recognize Jesus as God are in the New Testament? The demons. They don't ever get it wrong. The demons know who he is. And they know who he is before anybody else does. Why? Because Satan, the great deceiver, his very existence is bent on confusing and deceiving every person from missing Jesus. But in the midst of all the misinformation, all the blinding confusion, and all the deceiving accusation, listen to me, like a baby in a manger... Completely innocent, totally helpless. There he is. Can't touch him. What a beautiful picture we see at Christmas. Jesus' birth comes not of flesh nor of the will of man. Why? Because it could not have. But, as John says, from God. From God. And it came, he came to give eternal life with God for all who would believe in him. This is the third truth we see and leads to the fourth. Jesus came and revealed God to the whole world. Verses 14 and 18 reminds us that when Jesus was born, God was perfectly revealed. Jesus is who God is because he is God. And what do we see of all of the ways God has been described? No one on their own sees him this way. But he has revealed himself perfectly in this way, full of grace and truth. And this is the one we worship, all that we search for, all that we long for, all that we need and all that we desire is full in him and in the offering that he brings 
to us. Jesus is light. He is the glory that shines from God to give us life. And so on that starry night, when God chose to reveal his son's arrival, first and foremost to the shepherds far off in the field, and he pierced the darkness of the night with a star that shone with a discerning distinctive. So Jesus, entering into humanity, shines as well with a distinctiveness like none other. And so we go and share the one who is this light with all people. Therefore, as Christ followers, we we must go because this is his command. We must go and as God has come to us in Jesus Christ, our commission and our command is that we go and take the one we know to be the light of life to all who are searching for life. All people, allowing nothing to distract us, to thwart us, to hinder, nor to stop us. And as we've already referenced, God had every rationalization and justification to excuse his own arrival, yet he came. He came. We have no good reason not to go. As a matter of fact, as Jesus says in Matthew 28, as all authority has been given to him, he bestows it upon us to go. There is nothing, nothing that is outside of his authority that hinders or stops us from going. And we go to tell the world that Jesus is the true light of God and has come to bring eternal life. The one for whom every person longs and needs has arrived. You've got to open the door. You've got to receive him in. You've got to believe that he is God. Jesus came into the world as the true light of God for salvation for all who believe. Therefore, we must go. That's the word that God has for us today. And that is the word in which we want to celebrate this morning through the testimony of all that God has been doing. How is it that LifePoint goes and pursues the Great Commission for a gospel impact? How do we live out the reality of what God has put the life within us? Well, we implement implement a number of strategies overall. We give priority to church planting because we want a gospel preaching, gospel present existence through our investment that far outlasts only our presence. One of the organizations that we highlight this time of year is the International Mission Board. And on the slide that you'll see, you'll see some of the facts and details about the International Mission Board. But one of the reasons that we partner with them is because it affords us the opportunity to send the gospel farther and more faithfully than we could on our own. In the month of December, we receive our global mission offering. And every dollar from that offering goes directly to support missionaries on the field. And we have just recently received some of our own back from the International Mission Board. Ethan and Rachel Holden couldn't be with us today, but just about a month ago returned home from two years in Peru 
We were able to send a team down and work with them, and they worked with the International Mission Board. They came home to complete some education and are hoping in the next year or two to be able to go back full-time on the field. But today, as I told you, we're going to glean and enjoy some of the fruit that God is producing among us as a church. And so I want to introduce to you Adam and Lauren Jurgen. Adam and Lauren, please come and join me here. I want you to hear from them. Adam and Lauren have been... Uh, pursuing and, and wrestling through a call to the international mission field uh, for considerable amount of time now. And, and we've been praying and talking about what this meant. And I want you to hear in their words how it is that God's brought this to fruition. And, and I'll tell you what I'm praying. They won't be the last. That, 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 that what we see is through their testimony, God will call many of you to give the life that he has given to you in service for his gospel. Adam and Lauren, thank you for taking time to share. I know everything's not final uh, with this call, and, and some of that's unknown, but that's kind of how it's been the last year and a half or so, right? Talk a little bit about the call and how you've pursued it and just where you are with it right now. Yeah, so um, for me, um, growing up, um, God kind of called me to have a heart for the nations um, whenever I was around seven or eight, and um, in that that time I was at a church camp where we um, hosted a group of people from a church plant that we had had in Africa. And so for the week we got to fellowship and worship um, with that church um, and just to have the nations present together here um, in America. And so um, for me at that young age, God really pricked my heart to desire to um, serve and to love on people of other cultures and other nations. And so um, over the course of time, um, through middle school, I had opportunities to, to go um, overseas and, and witness and serve. Um, and then again in college, um, I had the opportunities for that as well. Um, and then whenever I finished pharmacy school, um, God really put it on my heart to, to somehow use the skills that he's given me um, for his glory. And so um, once I finished school, I, I kind of pursued ways to um, serve God um, through medical missions and, and stumbled um, upon Samaritan's Purse and had an opportunity to, to serve with them um, in Cameroon and to um, love and serve um, the doctors and local pharmacy staff and patients um, there for three weeks. And um, after that trip, I really wrestled um, with God, trying to figure out, okay, Lord, um, is this something that you're calling me to do long-term? Um, like there's so many needs, both physical and spiritual in the world. Um, and I really just felt called to to somehow go and do that, but I didn't know how. Um, and at that time, I was still single and, and didn't really feel um, like that was something that I wanted to do alone. And so I was really hopeful to um, um, have a wife someday and be able to do that together. And so shortly after that trip, Samaritan's Purse um, contacted me again and was like, hey, we have an opportunity that's new for us. Um, we're starting to, to send these emergency field hospitals to areas that have been hit by disasters, earthquakes, um, different places um, of, of need. And so um, I agreed that I would like to do that. And so um, in 2016, um, they contacted me and were like, hey, there's been an earthquake that has hit Ecuador and we're in need of our, our medical team to go and to provide medical care um, since the hospitals and clinics there had all been destroyed. And so um, little did I know in that, God was using that to, to connect Lauren and I together. And so um, before I went on that trip, um, my boss at Mercy told me um, to go. We just want you to commit to when you come back, sharing about this experience um, with the rest of our staff. And I was like, definitely. Like, that's an awesome opportunity. 
um, to witness to my coworkers and just to, to share those experiences with others. And so um, coming back from that, um, I found out um, how God was working in Lauren's heart. And so um, for her, she had been um, at a medical conference, uh, or not a medical conference, a um, women's conference um, in town and was serving on their medical team. And so through that experience, um, she was approached by someone who was leading a medical missions team to Ethiopia. And so they asked if she would be interested in doing that. And at first she was like, uh-uh. Like at that point, she had not really been considering serving God overseas at all um, and had never thought of going to Africa especially. Um, and so after praying about it, God kind of convicted her of um, that need for her to go. And so she trusted him in that and she contacted that leader of that trip and told him that um, she had a desire to go and do that, but she didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, she didn't have the resources to go, and, and God provided um, financially for her to do that. Um, and whenever she came back, um, she also works at Mercy as a nurse, and so um, they asked her to also present on her experience. So we each took turns, 30 minutes apiece, to share um, just what God was doing in our lives and how he used us um, overseas in those um, roles. Um, and needless to say, I, I felt like I needed to get to know her better. <laughs> um, and so um, through that, um, we started dating and got married um, and had opportunities to, to go to Ethiopia again together um, and then um, to lead a team from LifePoint to France. And um, through those experiences, just continued to see the, the brokenness of the world, um, just the spiritual and physical needs. And... Um, through that, um, we started to wrestle with that desire to go long-term. Um, for me, it was something that had really been on my heart for a while, um, and so that was, it was me often bringing it up and Lauren kind of hesitant and reluctant, um, enjoying the short-term trips that we'd been on, um, looking forward to the ministry that we were doing here at LifePoint in our community, and um, just the future that we might have um, raising a family and, and those different um, aspects of life. And so um, we decided to... Um, just continue to pursue short-term trips and to um, focus on starting a family. And so um, after we went to France, um, we um, started trying to have children and experienced um, now two years of, of infertility. Um, and so really after that first year of infertility, we really came together and prayed um, just, Lord, what is it that you have for us? It seems like the things we're pursuing, um, while they seem good, they, they just weren't working out. And so... Um, he put it on Lauren's heart at that point to, to trust him and to go overseas. And so I knew at that time, like, there was a, a noticeable change that the Holy Spirit had done in her heart. Um, and she was even more zealous for, for going to the nations than I was. And so um, in that, we felt encouraged. We felt um, confirmed in that call. And so we decided to um, apply um, for IMB. And so um, that's kind of where we were um, last fall was our exciting. initial application. Mm -hmm. It's been exciting for me as I've gotten to sit down and talk and pray with them about this and just listen to their, their call and what they felt like God was doing. How often, especially at first, Adam was like, it's time to go. And Lauren's like, I don't know. And then Adam be like, I don't know. And Lauren's like, no, it's time to go. And, and how the two of them together, how God has used them in their marriage uh, to discern this call. It's not an easy process, friends, and that's one of the things that I want you as a church to be exposed to. It's not an easy process because it's not an easy labor, and Satan waits to unleash 
his uh, uh, attacks on the field in so many ways. And everything that they're in the midst of preparing for now is preparing to be strengthened so that they can confront those attacks and face them. This is not a finished process. It's still unknown at this point in many ways, but so much more is known because of the process. Talk a little bit about the assessment and evaluation and some of the biggest challenges that you've really faced in the midst of that. Um, So when we initially applied, it was um, last fall. And so in that initial application, you lay out... um, like most job applications, the good things about yourself, the things that you've done that kind of show that you'd be a good option for, for them to select um, for this opportunity. But unlike other applications, you also, they ask for, what have you struggled with? What are things that have happened in your life that have been challenging? Um, and so you lay out pretty much everything about yourself um, for them to see. And so in that initial um, application, um, they contacted us a couple of weeks later and um, talked to me on the phone and said, hey, like, we see a lot of good things um, on your application, but we really um, do think right now it's better for you guys to wait. And so they wanted us to continue to, to grow and to, to serve and to strengthen um, just the skills of ministry that we've been, um, been working on um, at LifePoint. And so um, in that, um, it was kind of hard at first because um, the reason for... Um, that they gave was, yeah, like, we don't think that you're ready. There's things in your past that we still have concerns about that we want you to, to kind of continue to work through. And so um, in that, we later talked to a, another missionary couple um, that we had already had plans to meet with before um, we had gotten that, that no, not yet um, response from IMB. And so in that, they encouraged us to, um, to continue to trust the Lord, that he has his perfect timing, his perfect plan, um, that he's sovereign over it, and in that if this is something he's truly calling us to, that at some day, um, whether it's on our timing or not, that that will um, come to be. And so um, they encouraged us to use um, this next, this year that we've been in of COVID to, to do what they called weight training. So W-A-I-T. And to um, use the, that season of waiting where you're just waiting for God to move. You're waiting for him to act, just to pray and to push into him and to be trained up um, for what he has for you in the future. And so... Um, over the summer, we contacted IMB again and talked with them about um, whether or not um, now would be a good time to apply, and they, they um, told us, yes, like, go ahead, resubmit your application, and so um, back in August, we um, started the process over again, and um, after we sent that first application, they called, and we were both kind of hesitant, like, what's going to happen this time? Are they going to say no again? Um, and Thankfully, God was gracious in that, and um, they were excited to proceed in the application process. And so through that interview and then interviewing with Lane um, and then other multiple assessments, so they do marriage assessments, they have um, us do some marriage counseling, um, they've had us do physical assessments, emotional, mental assessments. um, And so they do all of that to really assess both readiness, but also to, to gather um, information about us to be able to know how to best help and serve us um, when overseas. And so in that, some of the challenges are just when you put all of yourself out there, all of your good, all of your bad, it can be discouraging at times. You may feel like you don't measure up to a certain standard, um, but through the process, they've assured us and God has assured us that it's not based upon um, our perfection because none of us are perfect. And so he's been gracious to us. He's redeemed those broken areas of life. Um, 
And in that, like, he's going to do the work through us. And so the work that we will do someday overseas isn't going to be a work that we do on our own strength. And so it's just a good humbling reminder um, that he's going to be at work in us. And so we just have to trust him each day. So good. But let me tell you why it's so important for us to hear from them this morning. Because in a year when we receive one couple back from their service, we've seen two couples surrender to full-time service and begin to go out. I introduced one to you just a couple of months ago, and here we are at the end of the year with a second. God is working and he is stirring, and this is not just something that they do, and so proud of you for that. That's very much a part of it. It's what we are about, church. That's the point I want to drive home today, that everything we do, every time we gather in worship and community group, when we herald the gospel, when we celebrate Jesus as Lord and center our all on him. From, from families, we dedicated babies in the first service to talking about finances and how we resource the mission, to preaching the gospel and talking about what we believe to now how we live it out. It's not just them going, it is us going and we are going with them. And we're at a point in their call pursuit where we are at a goal line stand. We're, we're on the goal line. We've got to push through for the score. And Satan is championing the line to press us back. And if you've seen it, when the ball gets handed off, the whole team gets behind the guy carrying the ball and just by sheer force of will pushes him across the goal line. It is time for us to rise up, put our hands to their back, and by sheer force of prayer, pray for God's will to come about in pressing forward with this call. That's what I'm calling you to. That's what we are championing this morning in celebrating and encouraging Adam and Lauren, but also entering into this call as a church with them. I want to I, I conclude in this way. Give us just a, a brief way or two in which we can pray for you and talk a little bit about the importance of the advocacy of the local church and our support for you. Yeah, so I think to start, um, just some prayers that I know we both um, desire in this season is just prayers for our marriage, prayers to stay unified, um, and to um, just continue to build one another up as we, we wait and try to be patient and trusting of, of the Lord. Um, also, just want to pray for um, the, the last interview that we'll have, which is set for January 20th, and so um, that will be the determination of whether um, they accept us to go or not, and then after that, we'll be able to find out um, where we're going and kind of the work that we'll do. Um, and so we also would like prayer for that and just whatever country God is taking us to, that, um, that he would be preparing hearts there to receive the gospel, that he would be preparing us for the work that we'll be um, given to do, um, and, and that he would just continue to build up other people um, to go to the nations as well. And so um, aside from prayer, um, like Lane mentioned, there's... Um, a need for us to have people here that support us while we're gone. And so we've been able to have the privilege to be a part of um, what's called an advocacy team for the Holdens while they've been in Peru. And so um, what that looks like is just a, a team of uh, members from LifePoint coming together monthly or every other month to, to pray and to encourage um, us and, and to also encourage the church and the work that God is doing um, overseas. And um, through that, to um, bring the needs that we may have uh, before the church and to um, also help keep us connected to the church so that way we know what's happening here and that we're able to, to pray and, and care for you all as well. So, 
Amen. Jesus, the true light of God, has come into the world to bring salvation for all who will believe. Therefore, we must go. Church, I want to ask you to do this. Would you rise to your feet and would you join me in prayer for Adam and Lauren? And after the prayer, we will respond uh, with singing to the Lord. Let's pray together.